Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Ah, Let's get started. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about uh, over the next, it's actually a five-part series. And we're going to talk, myself, Pastor Cody, and Pastor Don, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about different aspects. Today, we're going to start talking about who the Holy Spirit is. We're going to talk about who He is. We're going to talk about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, His character. And Pastor Don is going to talk about tongues. That's one subject that you know a lot of people try to run from. But Pastor Don was like, hey, I don't care what y'all do. I want to talk about tongues. It's like, go for it, Pastor. <laughs> It's not like we can say, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> he's the boss. <laughs> but we're gonna, he's going to talk about that because there's, there's a lot of people that are confused about tongues and people are, you know, uh, want to know what it really is and, you know, all of those different things. And he's going to really do an amazing job. I know he is about explaining what that is and how you can have that gift as well. And there's, some, there's a lot of misconceptions that, you know, in, in some denominations, people teach that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. And that's so far from the truth. Because the only thing that gets us in heaven is our faith and our confession in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. All those other things are just uh, icing on the cake. But the only thing that gets us to heaven is our belief in Jesus Christ. Um, so let's talk about who the Holy Spirit is tonight. First uh, point, and if you, have your, uh, if you have the app, we got some notes in there. If you don't have the app, download it. Um, and I'm sorry. Welcome to those that are watching online and to all our first-time guests. So g- glad to have you guys here. But download the app if you don't have it. We got some notes and we're going to follow through there. So the first point is he is God. Holy Spirit, he is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He's not a God. He is God. And so if you look at the Trinity, you see God is, he's God, and then you've got you've, uh, uh, the distinct personalities of the Father, distinct persons, not personalities, distinct persons of the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. And it's hard for some people to, to kind of understand that. In fact, I had uh, several years ago, I had a conversation um, with a guy, he was a coworker of mine, this was this is probably about 10 plus years ago. We were still living in Michigan. And uh, he was a Muslim. He was a good guy, really good guy, but he was a Muslim. And we were having this conversation. Uh, it was a little slow at the moment. And, uh, you know, he asked me a question. He said, you know, I just, I don't understand why, you know, why you Christians, you know, believe in, you know, in the Trinity. Like, that's, that's just the thing that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, how can he be God? How can he be a father, a son, and the Holy Spirit at the same time? It just, it just doesn't make sense. And I really believe, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit just kind of, you know, um, prompted me on exactly what to say at that moment. I'd never thought about this before, never, um, you know, had this kind of conversation before. And right in that moment, and I asked him a question and I said, uh, well, you're here on this earth. So you're breathing. You obviously have parents, correct? He said, yeah. I said, okay. And do you have children? He said, yeah. I said, oh, great. You got two kids. So that means you're a father. He said, yeah. And I said, and of course, again, you got parents, so you're a son. I said, you got siblings? He said, yeah, I've got a brother and a sister. So you're a brother as well. 
You got grandparents, obviously, because your parents are here, right? He said, yeah. I said, so you're a grandson. You got cousins? Yeah. You got aunts and uncles? Yeah, you got all that. You got friends. You're here with me. I'm your coworker. So you're, you're, you're a coworker as well. So how is it possible for you to be a son, a father, a grandson, a nephew, a cousin, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, to be all of that, but God can't do it? If it's possible for you to be all of those and you're still who you are, your name doesn't change based on where and what relationship you're, you're, you're working in at that moment. When you're, work, when you're with your sons, they may call you dad. Your, your son and your daughter, they may call you dad. And when you're with your parents, they may call you son. But your name is who, is who you are. That's, that's, that doesn't change based on whatever relationship you're in. So if it's possible for you to work and be who you are in all of these different relationships, then it has to be possible for God to do the same thing. And then he said, well, it still doesn't make sense. That's different. <laughs> so that's your pride talking. I got you. I wonder what he's, what he's doing now. But if anybody ever asks you that question, use that example. You got my permission. <laughs> God will be whatever you need him to be in the moment. If you need, and we're gonna talk about the character of God, if you need someone to help you, the Holy Spirit will be that. If you need a friend, he'll be that. You didn't grow up with a mother, but you need a mother, he'll be that too. You ever seen the movie The Shack? I love that movie. I need, we need to watch it again. <laughs> it was an amazing movie. And I loved how, um, and if you're going to watch the movie, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell the story. I, I, I got the microphone, so you can't stop me now. <laughs> but I love how the, the main character there, and it's been a while since I watched it, so I can't remember his name. When he came in contact with God, it was a woman. And there was a conversation that he had with him, and he said, you know, I always thought you were, she said, a man. He said, yeah. He said, she said, with what basically, and I'm paraphrasing, with what you went through, you couldn't handle a man at this moment. You needed a mother. You needed a woman. You needed someone that was tenderhearted, that was kind. Someone that you didn't feel was judging you, but someone that you just knew loved you. You needed a mother in that moment. And then there was a certain part in, in the movie where he's in the woods and he's getting ready to, to face something very, very, that was gonna be very, very hard for him. And this man showed up and he said, who are you? He's like, I'm God. Well, what? He said, you need a dad in this moment. This is gonna be hard for you. You need a man, you need a dad to walk with you through this. And whatever you're going, on, going through in life, God will be, the Holy Spirit will be whatever you need in that moment. You need a mother, he'll be there. When you get a, 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 a diagnosis from, 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 from the doctors that's pretty bleak, he'll be your healer. When you feel like you don't have enough, like you're lacking, like you can't make ends meet, like you're living paycheck to paycheck, he'll be your provider. You ever lose a, a family member, someone that's really close to you, a pet or something like that? Listen, he will be your comforter. Whatever you need, the Holy Spirit will be that for you and more. Number two, he's a person, not a power 
or influence. He's not some mystical thing, some ghost and just, ooh, like just this just, just cloud floating. No, he's a person. And he possesses a mind, will, and emotions. The second point, he thinks and he knows. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. And I don't have my scriptures. Normally I have them written down. I don't, so I'm going to have to look at the screen. Y'all got to forgive me. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. These are the things God has revealed, revealed to us by who? His spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He sees, uh, he thinks, and he knows. And then look at this one. He can be grieved. He can be grieved. That's not angered. And I've heard, I've heard people use that and they say, you can anger the Holy Spirit. That's not what that means. Grieved means to sadden, to hurt. You can hurt the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 30, Paul writes, and do not grieve, do not hurt, do not sadden the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He can be grieved. He's a person. And then he can be lied to. You ever heard the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Acts chapter five, listen, if you haven't heard that story, read it. It is funny. It's not really funny. It's like, whoa. Acts chapter five, verse one through four, it says, now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. You see that? But brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. So he was supposed to bring it all, but he kept some of it and only brought a little bit of it and didn't think that they would know. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? He didn't say you lied to God. He didn't say you lied to Jesus. He said you lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And then he intercedes or he prays for us. How many of you are grateful for that? That the Holy Spirit prays for you. And I love this scripture in Romans 8, 26, 27. It says, in the same way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You ever been in a time of prayer and you're just sitting there and you're just like, I just, I just, I just don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray right now in this moment. I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm at a loss for words. Those are the moments that the Holy Spirit prays for you. Those are the moments when praying in your heavenly language, when praying in tongues kicks in and it comes in handy because I don't know what I need to pray right now. And Pastor Don's gonna talk about it, but I just gotta say this. One thing that I know about tongues, see, when you're praying in the natural and you're praying in your words, you're limited. 
There's only so much you can pray for. And if you look at it as in a time, let's just look at it, for example, in a timeline. If you're praying in English, you might be only, only be able to pray about a week ahead. But when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the Spirit, He makes intercession for you with words that, that can't be uttered. He prays for you in accordance to the will of God. So now, when I was only be able to pray by, for myself a week ahead when I begin to pray in the Spirit, now He takes it a month ahead and five months and a year and five years down the line. He's covering things that I never would have known that I needed prayer for. He's asking the Father to cover and protect me in areas that I didn't even know that I had. I didn't even know that this was I was going to impact that or that was going to come into my life five years down the line but when I prayed in the spirit he protected me from something that I did not even see the Holy Spirit prays for us he prays for us and then he makes decisions 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 through 11 I got to move fast because we got to take communion too now to each one The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as he determines or as another translation says as he wills so he makes decisions number three the holy spirit is one with both the father and the son the activity of the spirit is never given in isolation from the father and son when you see the holy spirit working you're going to see the holy or you're going to see the father you're going to see the son you're going to see jesus when you see the holy spirit do something you're going to see the father he's created on an equal basis with god the father and god the son god the father's not higher than than the son and and the holy spirit's not higher than god the father they're all equal He has the characteristics of God. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks, the fruit of the Spirit. And then he does the work of God. The Holy Spirit does the work of God. We saw that back in 1 Corinthians 12, him distributing gifts. That's the work of God. The Holy Spirit does that. And we see the work of God in activation, number four, in creation. And I love Genesis chapter 1. Verse one through two, and you, you, I'm sure you've read this before, and if you haven't, it's a very cool, cool chapter. Read it on your, on your own time. Verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the f- surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, it didn't say God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So you see, God creating the heavens and the earth and then you see the spirit going out and doing his work. The Holy Spirit doing his work. And that word there, spirit, is translated in the Hebrew, ruach. I mean, and, and if you're a Hebrew or a Greek scholar, you, I probably said it wrong, but it's okay. But it's translated ruach. Means wind or breath. Wind or breath. Look at Job chapter 33, verse 11. It says, the spirit of God has made me. This is Job, Job talking. And this was before the, the dis, dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing 
Now, the Holy Spirit hadn't, hadn't physically, if you will, uh, for all intents and purposes, come to the earth, but yet David was able to say, you know, talk about the Holy Spirit. And now Job here is saying that it's the Spirit of God, the breath of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Do you know that we were, we were filled with the Spirit before we were filled with the Spirit? What does that mean? Because when God made Adam, it says he breathed, he breathed life. And we know that the spirit of God, Ruach, is the wind, the breath of God. He breathed his Holy Spirit into Adam and Adam became a living being. So we were filled with the spirit before we were filled with the spirit. Number five. He's active in God's new creation in Christ. Let's look at John chapter three, verse five through six. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. That's us being a new creation in Christ Jesus and what we see and know about the Holy Spirit, Spirit is that his ministry is both permanent and it's personal. His working never stops. And his working is also personal, specific for you. And then the Holy Spirit is author of scripture. Look at 2 Peter verse 1 through 20, uh, verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit. And so we see the scripture, the Bible, as God breathed. That's what we call the word. The, the word. It's God breathed. The Holy Spirit inspired. And, and there's another scripture. I don't know if I have it on here, but it's a scripture in uh, 2 Timothy, I believe it is, that it says that, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed. And men, here in your notes, they wrote according to their historical settings and their personalities. That's how you can read, uh, you can read the four gospels and they're talking about the same person, but it's all in their perspective. It's all from their view. And you see, there is, there's some, some stories that happen, uh, and we see this in our own personal lives. You tell, if I whispered in your ear and told you something, by the time it got all the way to the back of the room, it'd be something completely different than what it was when I first told you. And that's what we see in, in, in the four gospels. One person may tell a story, and the other person says another story. That, does it mean that it's not true? No, it just means it's from their perspective. But all scripture is God-breathed, it's given by inspiration of God, and then men just begin to write. How can that happen? Have you ever been inspired by God? Well, I have because I'm, I'm a songwriter. God has inspired me to write a song. In fact, the songs that, that we sing here, when you, that come and breathe here, God inspired us when we wrote that. That wasn't just, that didn't just come out of our own, you know, our, our own uh, knowledge or expertise. We all sat down, we prayed, and then the Holy Spirit breathed. And we began to write that song, Come and Breathe Here. Let's look at who is, not just who, he, who the Holy Spirit is, but who is he to me? Who is the Holy Spirit to me? Because that's what, that's what matters most. That's what's most important. 
Yeah, Pastor Dave, I hear, uh, I hear about the Ruach and, and the wind and the breath, and I hear how he, he was there to help, uh, you know, that he was there when the, when the earth was created, and he, he inspired people to write scriptures. I hear all of that, but what about me? Who is the Holy Spirit to me? The Holy Spirit is your helper and your comforter. Look at John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. Now, I know we're going through a lot of scripture, but I don't want to give you my own opinion. I want to give you what the word says. John 14, 16 says, and I will pray, this is Jesus talking, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells in, with you and will be in you. Go back to verse 16 really quick for me. And I will pray the Father, and Jesus says, and he will give you another helper. Now, when you look at this, that, that scripture there in the Greek, it, it's uh, translated, um, uh, I, I can't pronounce it in, in Greek, but when you read it, it looks like parakletos, and we, I think I may have that up there, which means advocate, one who comes alongside he comes alongside you. He's your advocate. He's your helper. And in that scripture, he says another helper. And that just doesn't mean that it's somebody different, a different kind of helper. No, he's saying, I'm going to send you a helper that's just like me. Someone to walk alongside you, to let you know that you don't have to do this life, walk through this life alone. And he's also your comforter. And I love this, and you see it in your notes, that he's one to run to our side and pick us up. How many of you need that part of the Holy Spirit? You're going through something in your life or you've, you've been through something in your life and you, you can attest to this. This is your testimony. When you felt like you were losing it all, like you were just broken down and beaten down, like life had just, everything that life could throw your way, it threw your way and the Holy Spirit came. He ran to your side and he picked you up. I just, I, I can see a picture, I, I, I can see a picture of my son, my daughter, falling and hurting themselves and I just run to them. I remember when my son was, he was, uh, was he two? He wasn't two. When he fell off the bed, that was, he was a couple months old. So, and that's why he acts the way he acts now. No. <laughs> so you know that you know, when you say you were dropped on the head when you were a kid, that's, yeah, that was my son. <laughs> it was an accident. But he was, he was a few months old and we've, we have this real high bed. It's probably, it's probably about this high. And it's amazing to see my five foot wife get up in that bed. I used to laugh all the time. I don't laugh anymore because she can hurt me. And so, and then I'll need the helper and the comforter. And so he was sitting on the bed and he was, we had him swallowed up and he was a couple months, he, he just began to roll. And we turned our head just for a split, split second. How many of you know it just happens that quick? We turned our head for a split second and he rolled off and he hit, hit the floor. And I just ran to him and I grabbed and I picked him up just that quick. And he cried for, you know, for a bit and, and then he stopped. She did more crying than he did. But I just see that picture that when I fall, when something comes and when it hits my life and, and, and I, I need somebody to help me and the Holy Spirit just runs and he comes and he picks you up. You're crying, you're hurting, you're bleeding, you're wounded and he runs to your side and he picks you up. He's your comforter. 
Then he's your teacher. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the advocate or the helper or the comforter, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus said he's your helper, he's your advocate, and he's gonna teach you something. And then I love this part. Number three, he's our guide. John chapter 16, verse 13. It says that, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his, own, on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will guide you into all truth. You wanna know what step to take next? Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. What, deci- what decision should I make? Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go right or should I go left? Should I put on this shirt? Should I not put on this shirt? Yeah, you shouldn't put that shirt on. It's too small or it's too big. Trust the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That was him talking to me before I came to service tonight. (laughs) He's your guide if you allow him to be. You gotta allow him to be because he's not gonna force himself on you. But he wants to guide you into all truth. Luke chapter 12, verse 11 through 12 says this. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you or guide you at that time with what you should say. When you are lost for words, when you want to know how to respond to someone, that example I gave you, I didn't know what to say in that moment, but I was trusting the Holy Spirit and he gave me exactly what I needed to say at that moment, at that time. When you trust him to do it, he will do it. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Stop before you move forward. Go back. So many people read that scripture and they stop there. And they get excited. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Another translation that says, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you. If you read that, it's like, well, but I want to know. What do you mean no eye has seen, no ears heard, and my heart can't even imagine it? I want to know, what has he prepared for me? If you read on, verse 10 says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. You want to know your destiny? The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. You want to know where God is leading you, his will, his plan for your life. If you trust the Holy Spirit and allow him to, he will reveal it to you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things God has prepared for you. They're so big. They're so amazing. He's got so many good plans for your life. Do you want to know what they are? Trust the Holy Spirit. He'll reveal it to you. 
And then the last one, number four, the Holy Spirit is our closest friend. He's our closest friend. When you feel alone, you feel like you don't have anybody else. Nobody. I don't have anybody to call. I've been there. I've gone through some troubled times. We, my wife and I went through a very traumatic situation in our life. And we had nobody. We had nobody that we could pick up the phone and call that can help us, that can understand. Nobody that could walk with us through it. We had no one. Now, I don't wish that on anybody to go through the things that we went through and have nobody. But what we did was we trusted the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was our friend in that moment. He was leading us. He was guiding us, helping us to make right decisions. He was comforting us. He was helping us to bandage up our wounds and clean up the blood and stitch it up. He was helping us and he was healing us and he walked us through it. And we're better because he was with us through it. We didn't need anybody. Yeah, we needed somebody, but we had the Holy Spirit. It would have been great having somebody to walk through it with us, but I'm so glad that we had the Holy Spirit in that moment to be with us, to comfort us, to walk with us through it, to be our friend. Proverbs 18, 24. Very familiar scripture. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Had some unreliable friends in your life? But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You've had some unreliable friends. People that said that they, were going, they had your back. Hey, I got your back. Don't worry, whatever you go through, I got your back. And then when you go through something and you call them, they're nowhere to be found. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend, as Jesus said, who will never leave you and will never forsake you. The Holy Spirit is your closest friend. We must respect love and make time for him. Because he's a person and he's got feelings. He's got emotions. He wants to be your friend, but he wants you to want him. Psalm 51 verse 11 says, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. This is David writing this. This is when uh, Nathan, the prophet, and I got this from Pastor Rob. And I, he sent me a, a message this morning while I was studying. said the Holy Spirit prompted him with this. Um, and it was, it was timely, I needed it, because I was talking about him being our closest friend. But this, in, in chapter 51, David is writing this, this was after Nathan the prophet came to him and confronted him about him committing adultery and, and murder. And David goes through and he says, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And then he says, don't take your presence from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. How did David know that the Holy Spirit was with him? Don't take your spirit from me. I, I, I don't have anybody right now. He's my friend. I can't do this without my friend. Don't take him from me. David didn't have what we have. He didn't have Jesus. So we know that the Holy Spirit is not going to be taken from us. Let me encourage you in that. It doesn't matter what mistake you make. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter. It, you could be living in sin right now, but he's still with you. 
I should have got more amens than that. Because that's encouraging. To know that I'm making a mistake right in this moment and the Holy Spirit is with me, yes. He doesn't turn his eyes away from you when you do something. No, he's like this. <laughs> now you're gonna see that every single time. You, you start to make a mistake or you're sinning, you know the Holy Spirit's looking at you like. <laughs> but the thing that I love about the Holy Spirit is that he doesn't come to condemn you. When you make a mistake, he doesn't come and say, Danny, what were you thinking? Why would you make a mistake like that? You did that before and you told me that you weren't gonna do it again. You asked me to help you and I helped you, but you fell right into it all over again. What were you thinking? That's condemnation. Can you imagine how you would feel if you made a mistake? You already feel small and the Holy Spirit comes to you and talks to you like that. Now you feel even, even smaller than you already felt. But the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is he comes to you and he says, hey, it's all right, you made a mistake. I still love you. I forgive you. It's okay, just brush yourself off. Matter of fact, I forgot about it already. What'd you do? I love you. That's conviction. But he'll tell you, hey, come on. You know you probably shouldn't have said that. You could have said that. You could have done, done better than that. You could have said something so different. You hurt their feelings. Come on. That's conviction. And you feel it. You say something and you're like, especially if you're in a marriage. We all do it. Speak that word and you're like, boom, man, I shouldn't have said that. And that conviction sets in right then, boom. You need to go apologize. The Holy Spirit comes to convict, not to condemn. Remember this, he has feelings like any other person, but he is also full of grace, full of forgiveness, and full of unconditional love. Full of grace, full of forgiveness, and full of unconditional love. You may be in something right now, and you wanna get out. You wanna make different decisions. Trust the Holy Spirit, he'll guide you. Well, I've created this mess. Trust the Holy Spirit. He'll help you get out of the mess that you've made. He'll help you clean it up. All things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. If you trust him, he'll lead you and he'll guide you through it. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.